0: into the me, into this. It's Wednesday, the 8th of September. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Now, Shane, know you are preparing. You're getting, well, your diet right for the, the finals. <laughs> you got the pizza in last night, which was lovely from all reports off Mike. But well, what about the mindset of sports people as they head into these these big games? Look, I think it's really, really important not to sort of play
1: the whole final before you actually get there. And I'm sort of just reading between the lines um, in and around Melbourne uh, in the AFL and having a week off, they seem to be talking a lot about the the match already. Um, It's very, very important that you you don't play the match until you you actually get onto the park and Mm. you want to try and go through your normal routines, um, keep it simple and play the match on the day and and not before, because
0: you can actually mentally burn out. Yeah, well, there's a huge weekend of finals footy. And what about the state of origin news? Born Paul Green, mm. Gonski, Will Wayne Bennett come in. Melbourne, can they exercise their demons? We've got the Socceroos winning on a cow paddock. They're so much more. The tallest player in the NBL as well. Now, Shane, Paul Green, gone. Basically, he's come out and said that, you know, they wanted a guarantee of someone that was not wanting an NRL job and he couldn't give them that. Now, his name's being circulated around as to whether he might go to West Tigers if Maguire gets punted, blah, blah, blah. It does open the door, though, because we know that Bennett's going back to Brisbane in January. Isn't it good to see Queensland under pressure, mate? Three coaches
1: in three years and they've decided they have to have the New South Wales formula, Um, be it a coach that's not aligned with a a team. Um, We have that in Freddie Fittler. Um, But some big names bandied around, mate. Of course, Wayne Bennett, um, Mal Meninga. But uh, Cooper Cronk is now going on the advisory board in Queensland. He's suggesting potentially Thurston, Billy Slater, or even Cameron Smith.
0: Yeah, that'd be interesting, uh, like a uh, generational mm. change. I, I do get a funny feeling about Bennett, though, don't you? Like He's going back to Queensland. Yeah. It might just all work out because this new team's not going to, uh, you know, just happen. So, uh, yeah, that might be something that won't – if the price is right, because Shane um, – it's always if the price is right with Wayne. When in doubt, when in doubt, roll fucking Wayne Bennett
1: out. That's what Queensland say, I
0: <laughs> But with him, mate, yeah. if the dollar's right, you know, the guy, there's plenty of guys in cricket like that where the dollar's right, plenty of guys in yes. the media. With Wayne, if the money's right, well, yeah, I'll take the job. Um, Good on him. But uh, look, Calum Ponga, speaking of a place that Wayne Bennett has been, he's obviously coached in Newcastle, and that's what I was alluding to when he got those big uh, paychecks up there. But uh, Calum Ponga, he's come out and sort of opened up about some of his mental health battles, and I think this isn't uncommon at the moment uh, right throughout the game and and other sports with with some of the challenges. But his has been uh, laid on the top with injury. Yeah, I think so mate. I think if you look at the NRL and and the finals coming up, you sort
1: of know what to expect from from each team. Um we know Manly has Turbo, all these sort of things. We know what uh the Storms going to do. Mm. The, the sort of sleeper in there is Newcastle and I think Kalen Ponga talking about last year and in, in particular his shoulder injury and how that affected him mentally. Um he's right this year and we haven't seen the best of him nor nor the Newcastle team. Um if Pierce can fire and, and he does Sometimes um, doesn't perform that well under pressure, but he is a big game player. Um, And Bradman Best, Newcastle are are a sleeper in this whole um, final series, I think.
0: Yeah, they're there. They're there. Oh, but yeah. I've got a funny feeling. They are rocks or diamonds. So they could be yeah. a sleeper. They might, or, or Parramatta could absolutely just blast them away with all their players back in the form they showed a couple of weeks ago when they when they beat Melbourne. So that'll be, look, I find all four games pretty interesting, but that is, yeah. uh, that is a fascinating contest, that one. Now, what about the Warriors? Uh, they've been torn to shreds. I reckon this is a bit harsh. Look. They've been living away from home for a couple of years. Uh, look, it, for, it looks pretty good for them going forward that they'll normalise early next year and, and play out of Auckland. But to, to for their fans to rip them apart... Bit tough. Yeah, it is a bit tough, particularly um, it is hard being on the road
1: for so long. And uh, as you said, mate, nearly two years they've been in, in a bubble, you know, based up in North Queensland and, and, and moving around due to COVID. I, I definitely think Nathan Brown is, is the right guy, although they finished, I think, 12th this season, um, 10th the season before. Um, I think he had him going in the right way. And I think there was just fatigue towards the end where they, you know, the last game against the Bulldogs was a shocker, but um, I wouldn't be holding their a season accountable just for that last
0: match. Yeah, he needs a little bit of time to get his, his yep. feet under some uh, a desk, which is actually going to stay in one spot, doesn't he, to be honest with you. Now, the AFL Grand Final, they've announced the time. We know it's in Perth at Optus Stadium. Normally, the AFL Grand Final's in the afternoon, but now that it's in Perth, uh, they've even pushed it back a little bit. It's going to be, well, a late one by AFL standards, Grand Final standards, uh, when it gets back to the Eastern Seaboard this year, the Grand Final.
1: Yeah, definitely, mate, but it's coming back into to prime markets in Sydney and Melbourne in prime time, so, you know, 7.30 in the Around then uh, it'll kick off it will finish a bit late but I think um, all the passionate football fans will still be watching mate it's not that late really they used to do that in cricket mate the the Perth test match which was where the signs were the cheapest to advertise that came back into Sydney and Melbourne markets prime time um, I mean made them the most money so uh, probably not a bad thing for the AFL. Yeah well
0: it's always the thing uh, the that- That's why you see State of Origin start at 818 or or whatever it is because they know that's when the big money is watching and that's where people want to buy their ads. So the AFL Grand Final and uh, the Melbourne Demons, well, they want to forget about what happened in 2018 and just march on through. Yep, as I said at the start,
1: mate, there's a lot of talk and they're sort of reminiscing already. Um, you do that when you've had a week off, but they are a very, very different team from that 2018 uh, prelim final against West Coast where they got smashed. They are a much better, better football team and they will be ready. Come to play Geelong, 7.50 p.m. Friday night, and mate. Geelong and the Redlegs, big match. What about the Shane Warne files
0: for today? Now, we just a couple <laughs> of days ago, or yesterday, we're talking about how, oh, come on, I don't want this publicity. Do you know what it's like to be uh, you know, in in the manner in which I get invaded with every single microscope on my private life. But he does not mind a little bit of publicity. He's come out and sort of declared India as the best test team in the world with this win over England in the fourth test. But of course, New Zealand are the world test champions and it's got (laughs) a few people... Uh, up in arms? It's funny, but I actually agree with Warnie on this. Now,
1: New, New Zealand okay. New Zealand did beat India um, only, well, what, a few months ago, and they became Test champions. They haven't beaten um, – India haven't beaten New Zealand for five years in Test cricket. Mm. But saying that, if I was playing Test cricket, which I never did, but if I was playing Test cricket, um, I would not want to play against that Indian team. Their, their bowling attack is awesome, um, and I think they are a better team than New Zealand, but – Currently, it stands with New Zealand. But I, I agree with Warney. He does know what he's saying, though, doesn't he, when he says it? Yeah, he does. Absolutely. Yeah, he does, mate. And, Just- and, and, and man for man, if you, if you're playing against that team with, you know, Coley, you know, Kane Williams, Williamson is obviously a very, very good player, but um, – but the trophy sits with New Zealand, mates. So we you can't you against that. He yeah, pulls the clip out of
0: the hand grenade and just goes, show, yep.
1: <laughs> it. Well,
0: it's good. I, look, I think it's fantastic that New Zealand are in a strong uh, position test-wise, particularly for Australia, because when they come out here, hopefully, if they can maintain that, that we're going to get some uh, good test matches. Because in the past, we've seen some absolute bludges at times. We mm. really have, particularly in the early 2000s. Now, uh, soccer. We've, we've won this game. Uh, the Socceroos on a roll. They've, they've, I think it's 10 in a row now. They've beaten Vietnam. And what a at the ground <laughs> Seriously <laughs> Honestly They look like They just shooed The cows off Look you played On a few of these Types of quality Grounds in India mate, Definitely mate
1: And um, yeah It was referred to As a cow paddock Over there in Vietnam um, But you're right Timmy Ten wins in a row For the Socceroos Under Graham Arnold. all that They are performing Really really well um, And you know I think a, a good team Can just sort of Grind out those wins even playing on a cow paddock, as, a, as it was referred to. But, um, yeah, they're going well. And um, sometimes you have to
0: play on these really, really ordinary grounds and just make the most of it. Yeah, well, they have. They've got the, they've got the chocolates. What about this big basketball player from China? Oh. Uh, I tried to do the – like I was reading about it in centimetres and, and transferred it across to, to feet. He's like 7.4 foot. Seven. This guy is a giant, the <laughs> tallest guy in the basketball. And he's coming to play for the Brisbane Bullets, Big Lou. Big Lou, Shaoxing Lou, he's coming over, mate, 226
1: centimetres, 7 foot 4. I've got a little mate you know, Arby, who's a mad basketballer, and mm. I reckon he's about four times the size of Arby. <laughs> and Arby wanted to be a basketballer.
0: Arby's got the lights company, hasn't he? he, he, he has. oh, yes, yeah, that's all him, the mate. lights. Yeah, yeah Arby. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, yeah, well, regards to Arby, I know he's a regular listener of Afternoon Sport. Yep. Now, looking at college football in America, now this is huge. Some of the crowds we've seen, uh, people in Australia have been salivating because the biggest crowds they've seen is in their lounge room around the pizza at the Lee yeah. household for the last few months for many parts of Australia. But the crowds are enormous. Uh, Notre Dame Notre Dame is, is, is basically uh, such an iconic brand, you know, the Irish. Um, yeah. And Brian Kelly, their coach, has come out after the game. And look, he's got a few people um, with their eyes wide open after his comments. Yeah, like he said, you um, should execute all these players. And <laughs> <It, laughs> on first glance, it's
1: a bit grim, isn't it? It's a little bit grim, but um, he was saying it tongue-in-cheek and uh, like, come on, everyone's got to relax a little bit. Um, the word execution is, is used so much in sport these days. It, it shits me to tears, actually, that everyone say, hey, we need to execute well, execute well.
0: I think it was a bit of a play on words and um,
1: yeah, everyone should get over it. He's
0: mucking around. Yeah, i I think it dates back to something that he'd said several years ago. And uh, he, he, you know, it's like every good joke that goes wrong. You need about 25 minutes to explain the reason why it's funny (laughs) rather than I actually do want to put a a set of howitzers in front of my players. So, you know, he doesn't want them executed. They actually got the win. Now, Dwayne Johnson, uh, sometimes I look at his rig and I think, oh, if I only went for that 25-kilometre walk and five-hour workout, and didn't eat the pizza (laughs) but the way that he fires himself up. Yeah he definitely talks to himself mate
1: and um, you know he's sort of doing workouts at midnight so he gets up at four in the morning, does all his work does all his acting stuff Um, Mm. the last thing he needs to do during the day is is do his workout and sometimes it's uh, after midnight um, and he calls himself a motherfucker I think and uh, just to to motivate himself (laughs) what do you do? And he he refers to the times when he had no money Um, he reminds himself of that and that's. That's part of the things that motivate him to, to
0: make sure he starts throwing the tin around the room. Yeah, well, uh, look, I'm sure that you know that kind of mentality pushes a lot of people down the road. Lots of us that all started from from nothing and and, and built a, mm. up to whatever level we have in in society. Uh, but Dwayne Johnson's a different kettle of fish. He doesn't just call himself a mud or once. He gets he rips right into himself. He goes, Are "You mean?" I was like, it's it's right out of um, it's right out of Rocky Three and Club it and Lang.
1: Yeah, um, it
0: is. All right, uh, now no doubt uh, it was a bit like Rocky Three in the room that you shared with Michael Bevan. Now that's our <laughs> war story for the day. What was it like rooming with the great Bevan? Uh, look, I think he was an extraordinary batsman. He should have played more Test cricket than he did. I, I you know, I think his his, his ticket got clipped. But um, mm. what was it like rooming with him?
1: He was a very uh, weird guy to room with, as you said, a fantastic cricketer, but he was an insomniac. Um, so. You were, you were always warned never to come in late at night um, and wake him up because once he got to sleep, he couldn't if you woke him up, he couldn't get back to sleep. And I remember sneaking in one night after dinner, probably about 10.30, and he was he was asleep, and I sort of slid out of the sheet, and, and I thought I got away with not waking him up. And then half an hour later, I just heard this <laughs> coming from the corner of the darkness in the room. I thought, what is he doing over there in that bed? <laughs> And I turned the light on he was just doing sit-ups. So thank God for that
0: (laughs) because I thought he was doing something else, mate. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness, mate. He was an amazing batsman though, wasn't he? How do you you qualify him as a a cricketer?
1: He was a fantastic cricketer. Um, People don't remember. He actually replaced Alan Border, um, who was our rock for many years. Um, His first tour, test tour to Pakistan. This is before Foxtel, so no one actually watched it in Australia. He averaged 65 runs for the series um, against McGram and Wacka Eunice at their fastest. Um, he could play the short ball. He was a fantastic cricketer. Mate, I watched him peel off probably five or six double hundreds for New South Wales over the years, winning
0: Shield finals, and a great, great one-day player. Mm, and, and, and a quirkmeister, little doubt. Thank yeah. God he was doing the sit-ups and not doing it. Well, that's it. Imagine <laughs> if you had some more sleep. <laughs> See you alright. See you, That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure to hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. www.xblades.com.au And our wonderful producer, Mr Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.